a listener production. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Well, I never thought we'd do an episode called Viagra on a plate. The six foods to supercharge your sex life. But Adam, <laughs> what a good idea for an episode, Mr. Health Hacker. How are you? Uh, what a great hook. Uh, clickbait, what a great title, Alex. But you know what? You're, you're not. You're a clickbaiter who actually <laughs> follows up on what the title says. I can't wait to dive into this one because sex is a big part of life. Enjoying it should be good. Mm-hmm. So why not make the best of it as you can? And you know what? Who knows what we're going to eat in our life that might make it harder for us down the track. I am. I'm in. <laughs> and look, you know, we've always got sex on our brain, don't we, us men, you know, particularly. Yeah. Um, you know, research has shown that men um, think about sex 34 times a day, which I didn't think was that much when you consider, you know, some of my mates. I think they left mates. a few zeros off that. <laughs> Whereas women, they think about sex 19 times a day. So look, you know, it wasn't too big a gap there between men and women when you think about it. Yeah. It was less than half. So yeah, about every, you know, 1,700 seconds, us blokes are, have got... Um, <laughs> Which is quite a lot, yeah. considering the fact that you can't have sex all day because you're at work, you're doing things. So, you know, the fact that it's something you can't actually be doing, you're thinking about quite a lot. Oh, no wonder my wife looks down at me as a male. She thinks that, you know, us blokes are very archaic. And, and once again, it's supported by the fact that we think she's about... She's right. She's right. We think about food more. We think about sleep more as yeah. well, research is showing. Yeah. So it's quite ironic. Not only we're daydreaming all the time either about sex, food or sleep. Yeah. I was watching a mate of mine the other day with his son and I've got a daughter and my daughter was there kind of playing and thinking and doing and he was just looking at her going what's wrong with you and was eating just eating food yeah. and just didn't even sort of notice my daughter because he was hungry and I think I think I'd do that to my wife sometimes she'll be saying something I'm like yep Yep, good. And I'm an attentive, like, loving husband, but I'm like, if I'm hungry, I find it very hard to concentrate. So your wife is not wrong, Adam. Oh, she says often we're needs-based creatures. Yeah. You know, we're always thinking about our own needs, and um, she's bloody right. So I must admit, though, if I had to pick the three of them sort of needs, I would probably put... Uh, probably food at the top of my list. That's yeah. my favourite thing to think about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We have actually half uh, of our audience are women. So for all the women who listen to these podcasts, sorry for us being so needs-based. Well, no, don't uh, discount the importance of this topic for women because a whopping 70% of Australian women actually reported a lack of sexual desire with the problem so serious now, Alex, that scientists are actually now developing a female Viagra in the form of a nasal spray. So like men, for example, one in two Aussie men um, lack sexual desire, Mm -hmm. which is huge in itself as well. Uh, But 70% of women. It's really interesting that this has been on the rise decade upon decade. We're seeing the demasculization of men's hormones. We've seen that, you know, obviously women also have... uh, become less satisfied, you know, in a number of areas as well. So uh, the main reason for for this would be lifestyle. We know that. We know that um, the choices we're making um, are proving very unsexy, for want of a better word. And, um, you know, when you combine the growing number of of people with obesity and being overweight, this is a major problem, you know. So um, blokes who uh, have beer bellies know this, and I often say that things don't grow in the shade. Um, The canary in the coal mine is the old fella. So if you look down there and you can't see him, you're in trouble. Yes. Um, And if there's no blood flow in the lower parts, well, it's big problems for the yeah. the heart as well. So that's why we call it a canary in the coal mine as yeah. such because, you know, you're not getting proper blood flow um, throughout the lower extremities. Well, where do you think the blood flow is also being restricted? Mm. So the canary in the underpants is probably a better way to look <laughs> at it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, so, not, it's a good sign to the rest of the body as well going like if this isn't working, there's probably some of the other greater problems that you should address in your own health and fitness as well. It's almost like a uh, – 
I mean, repeating myself, but like it's a good canary in the underpants to kind of go, well, geez, this isn't going well. I better look at my health holistically. Yeah, 100%. And you talk about holistically addressing your health. It's really interesting because as a former professional athlete, all I focused on was exercise and food. And I really didn't pay enough attention and, and respect, I suppose, to the peripheral health benefits of things like sleep. I didn't realize the importance of sleep. So you look at like the effect that sleep has on our libido levels, it's it's significant, you know? Like, you know, just the simple act of having a TV in the bedroom, seeing people's chance of getting lucky, nearly reduced by 50%. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. Is it because of the TV? No, it's because of the fact they're not sleeping. So they're tired and therefore the hormone system is being downregulated Plus, as a result. Everyone's got little personal TVs, right? Their mobile phone. You're now both in there individually watching what you want to watch and like holding hands, but you're watching TV, aren't you? Well, mate, mobile phones, for example, another technological interruption to our lifestyle behaviours. Mm. You know, on average, people are spending three hours and 20 minutes a day on their phones. Yeah. That's nearly 24 hours in a week. That's yeah. a whole day yeah. of being on a bloody device. Mm. And, you know, this was a great research. So I don't know where they got it from and who would admit to this. But um, in a study conducted by Durham University in the UK um, that surveyed uh, 30 British couples and their, <laughs> the ill effects that the mobile phone had on their sex lives. And they found that participants admitted to interrupting the act of being in the act by answering their phone. Wow. Imagine that, Alex. Imagine yeah. the phone ringing and your missus goes, excuse me, just go on hold. Hang on a second. <laughs> hey, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, no, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I can talk. <laughs> that is insane, isn't it? So I, I just I just laughed so hard when I said that, you uh, know, here's this research study that's done now. Who would have ever thought 20 years ago? You know, I don't argue with that, though, yeah. because those things are so ingrained <laughs> in my head. And it's hard because a phone is, a mobile phone, a modern one, a smartphone, is a really helpful device. I could work from the beach if I need to, but it does get into your brain. If it rings, your brain goes, I've got to get it. Who is it? Who's calling? What's going on? Is it an emergency? Why, why am I someone after me. It's just, it's, it's just mind blowing to me. And that, that's, that's the scary thing about yeah. our behaviors now. So behavior is obviously our lifestyle choice having a huge impact on our quality of sex life, as well as our quality of life in general. And, you know, you, you think about why is having sex so important? Well, you think about it from a survival point of view, what are we being put here to do? Reproduce. Yep. And it's really interesting. There's a lot of science supporting this, that once our bodies start receiving messages that we are no longer able to reproduce, all of our bodily functions start to downregulate. Yep, survive, not thrive. Is your body right. just here just to exist? It's just here to exist. We spoke about mm. this on previous po- yeah. podcasts. It's the conscious brain that gets us all worried about jobs and life and all those things. We're here to reproduce. That's primarily what we've been put here to do. That's yep. all we've been here to do. And once you stop using it, you lose it. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the bodily starts to get less and less effective at thriving. Mm. So, you know, it, it sends the signals that, hey, you know. You've done your job. You've done your job. Time to move on, old fella. It's mm. time to go, you know. So it's really, really important. You speak to a lot of people that, you know, have lived long and, you know, prosperous lives and we speak the, about the difference all the time between health span and lifespan. You know, it's great to, to have a long life, but if it's a crap life where someone's wiping your backside and wiping your nose, I don't want to be around for that. Yeah. You know, I want to be, a, a, you know, somebody that's enjoying my life and, you know, is able to experience life and, and whatnot. So having sex plays a huge role in this. And, um, you know, studies show time and time again that having a healthy sex life is great for your heart health. So whilst there's a bloke, if you're um, trying to do some exercise, let's go for a little little um, romantic evening. I hate to disappoint you. When you have sex, you're only burning about five calories a minute. Right. So if you're like most blokes and you last lucky last five minutes, yeah. there's only, you know, roughly 
you know, 25 calories. <laughs> right. Because everyone goes, oh, it's a good workout. No, it's not. <laughs> not a good workout. Yeah. Only five calories a minute if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky. If you're a starfish, I don't know how many uh, calories you're going to burn just lying there. Yeah. But, um, you know, the great thing is, is that um, heart health's improved because it lowers blood pressure. And a, a study in 2020 actually found that um, following a heart attack, people who had sex more than once a week had a 27% reduction in their risk of dying. Yeah, okay. That's staggering. Yeah. Nearly a 30% reduced well, it's a reason risk. to live, isn't it? It's a reason to live, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly. So, you know, there, there's, you know, one big tick. If you've got any, you know, ticker problems, um, you know, Get give your partner a, a tap, tap on the shoulder and say, look, we need to do this to my heart health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you should be like, oh, I don't want you around. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the other thing is healthy immune system. We know that um, sex boosts your immunity and particularly around this uncertain time with COVID and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, it's really important for our immune system. Uh, better emotional health, um, you know, Research has shown that mental health is a big issue in society at the moment and sex has been proven once again. Yeah. Um, the, the endorphins that are released and the sure. dopamine and, and whatnot. So that's had a huge effect on your, your level of happiness and anxiety. Um, better self-esteem, once again, ties back into the mental health element. Um, people that have sex more often feel better about themselves. And that, that is a big problem in the bedroom for a lot of women in particular is body image. You know, a lot of them, research has shown that don't feel comfortable in their own body. Um, so it's really important. And for them to, to be able to get satisfaction from sex as well, it's important that they feel comfortable. Yeah. About their own it's bodies really as well. Isn't yeah, it? it's really, really interesting. And um, mm. you know, having a healthy relationship with yourself allows you then to have a healthier relationship with other people. So it all starts with loving yourself. Yeah. Um, better sleep. You know, I don't know about you, but um, you know, the old joke is, you know, <laughs> after um, you know, you have a little bit of a romp. You know, it doesn't take you long to get to sleep. So, but doesn't it? Isn't it because there is actually a hormonal effect in men that it, it, it helps you fall asleep? And I suppose. Is, is that true? Yeah, your body releases oxytocin, uh, which is a hormone, um, and, you know, this is a fascinating hormone. It has so many benefits. So after you have sex, you release this hormone, mm. and this hormone has a numerous amount of health benefits for the human being. Mm. Okay, great. One of which is having good sleep. Having good sleep <laughs> and reducing stress, you know. Research has shown time and time again that one of the best stress relievers isn't a squeeze ball, um, but is squeezing your partner's cheeks. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. there's so many great things that, you know, sex does for us as human yeah. beings. You know, I remember growing up in a Catholic family, sex was seen as something that was, you know, yeah. you know, really you're made to feel guilty about. Embracing it, shouldn't we? Yeah, and we should really be embracing Which it. You know? It's fun that we can have a laugh about it today and talk about something that people usually go, we shouldn't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, you shouldn't that. talk about that. It's off limits. You know, yeah, it's bad. Not? It's great. Look at the health benefits. We're here to promote health and well being. And, yeah. you know, you see so many health benefits from it. So, look, our, our lifestyles, I always say, we, we live in a world now that is so foreign to our ancestral DNA. We've evolved over millions of years and all of a sudden we've been thrust into this new way of living and lifestyle in the last couple of hundred years, really. Mm-hmm. So foreign to us. So lifestyle is definitely going to play a huge impact on our ability to really thrive in the bedroom. So one of the lowest hanging fruits, and I love, you know, as an economist, always looking for the thing that's going to give you most bang for your buck, is controlling what we put in our gobs. Yep. You know, I, I think, and that's why today's uh, episode on Viagra on a plate, the six best sex boosting foods is a really cool one because, you know, no matter who you are, you can get access to these foods and you can notice a big difference in your sex life. So Adam, let's touch on what these six foods are to help our sex life. Is this going to help men and women equally? Or is Certainly is, yeah. Beautiful. All Certainly right. Is. So what's food number one, mate? Well, look, food number one for me is watermelon. Okay. Uh, yeah, watermelon. Yeah, and when you think about it. Is the oysters BS? We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Don't All worry. Right. Hold your horses, my okay. friend. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. Only oysters. Uh, We're starting uh, with watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell me about watermelon. Well, it's been called nature's Viagra. 
And the reason why is because it increases blood flow. That's what Viagra does. So, um, you know, it's really interesting. There's a thing called nitric oxide, which increases um, blood flow um, out the body. And we know that, you know, it's a blood-seeking organ sexual glands. Yes, so right. so it's important that we have yeah. good blood flow uh, to w- these w- regions. Women as well. Like women it, as well, yeah, yeah. yes, so 100%. We're not men here. No, yeah. no. Blood both. does go down there. Yeah, blood. We need blood flow for both um, males and females mm. um, to get to get the desired um, response that we want to have from sex. So yes, the little blue pill will give you that, but nature has some great foods that have been used for centuries okay. um, to I? boost um, our uh, sex drive and our ability to perform yeah. in our libido. So this episode will release and all of a sudden some farmer somewhere going, jeez, watermelon sales have gone through the roof. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. So watermelon's the first one. Uh, the next one's iceberg lettuce. Um, okay. So, yeah, if you if you want a mate, make like a rabbit. And that's why rabbits, you know, you hear the saying, and it's, <laughs> people can't see it at the moment, you're absolutely yeah. laughing your pants yeah. off. Yeah. So yeah. true story. I it's great, breathe. isn't it? It's so great. It's so great. Okay. These sayings like obviously leave clues, don't they, you know? <laughs> you know, what did your mum and that used to say, you know, when you were growing up? You know, they're mating like rabbits over there. Then people have got eight kids. Yeah. They're bloody rabbits. Look yeah. at them. Look yeah. at them go. All right. Iceberg. So what does iceberg lettuce do to the body that makes you more sexually driven? Well, it, it contains a, a, a substance, a milky fluid known as the lettuce opium. Okay. And uh, because of its sedative and analgesic properties, it increases our sex hormones. Because there is a kind of like a milk, a white milk yes. in the sap almost yes. when you crack open an iceberg lettuce in, yeah. in through the um, the stems. There is. So uh, my Latin isn't great, so I do apologise. Someone can correct me if they want, drop me a, 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 an email. But it's called lactitarium. That's the way I pronounce it. Okay. And uh, it's a milky fluid um, and that's the lettuce opium. That's how I know it as, the lettuce opium. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you think about, you know, back in the days where they used to have the ancient symbols of people wearing leaves. Did you notice the leaves? Yes. On their private parts. Yeah. Well, that that was another display of this as well. Oh, fascinating. So, yeah, so that was, you know, to, to once again promote fertility and to promote, you know, vigour, sexual vigour is wearing these leaves on the private parts. Fascinating. <laughs> I tell you what, if someone was like, I don't like salads, now all of a sudden they go, oh, I'm absolutely ordering the salad. And for dessert, watermelon, please. <laughs> well, it depends who's been wearing the leaf. <laughs> <laughs> so what's food number three? Avocados. So okay. This is all good salad. Yeah, and, and the great thing is like, once again, these words have been around for so many years and, it's, you know, they're called avocados for a reason because it is actually derived from the Aztec word meaning testicle, avocado. Okay. <laughs> it means testicle. Yeah. So next time you're biting an avocado, maybe not best off picturing that in yeah. your brain that you're biting into a testicle. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll just picture the seed as a <laughs> testicle and I always put them in the bin anyway. So avocados are full of monosaturated fats. So that, that's great for ensuring you have a healthy heart and once yep. again, good blood flow. So, you know, it, it's really crucial for getting things up and moving literally. So, um, yeah, avocados once again. And, and I just love the fact, the history of these, amazing. Next thing I reckon you're going to say is we're talking about foods that are helpful for your libido. <laughs> if you say bananas, man, I'm going to spit my coffee out. <laughs> well, they have been proven to help. <laughs> Um, this is great. But it didn't make my top list because okay. obviously bananas, once again, research has shown that they have a small impact um, because of the minerals and, and whatnot in them and the potassium and whatnot. Um, however, they didn't make the list because they didn't really get enough blood to them areas. Okay. So, so, but we will go with nuts, in particular pistachios. Um, and they've been again. eating these once again since 6,000 BC yeah, right. to improve sexual desire. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So, you know, they have a variety of health benefits, obviously pistachios, you know, including, um, we know, lowering blood pressure, managing your weight, um, reducing heart disease. And we know that a handful of nuts 
can reduce, you know, depression by nearly 30%. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating study recently done on, you know, the, the, the benefits of eating nuts and the nutritional value they have for our minds. But they also reduce the symptoms of erectile dysfunction because they contain the amino acid alarginine, um, which basically is the building blocks of what I alluded to earlier in the podcast, which is nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is just a naturally occurring gas that helps guys maintain their erections. So without the nitric oxide, you, you, you can't get an mm-hmm. erection. And we spoke about the importance of, you know, the canary in the coal mine as such. So they also help reduce cholesterol levels. So um, the less cholesterol you're going to have in your system, it's easier for the blood to circulate yeah. um, throughout your whole body. Which absolutely benefit women as well. Circulation. Yeah, circulation is key. So, you know, so in, in one study, um, males who consumed about 100 grams of pistachio nuts um, a day for three weeks experienced increased blood flow to the penis and much firmer erections. Wow. Yeah, so really interesting, Alex. So, you know, literally grab a handful of nuts to... Uh, to help them out. To help them out. Yeah. So, yeah, there Fascinating. you go. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Is there a thing... Okay, this might sound very <laughs> stupid, but is there a correlation to foods that look like the organ can help it? Like, do walnuts help your brain because they look like a brain? Is that, there a... That, that's what they're saying, yeah. yeah and when you have not? a look at, like, once again, the best example of this in this podcast so far has been, where did the word avocado derive from? Yeah. The Aztec word. Yeah. For testicle. Yeah, interesting. So, and, and, and pistachios aren't far off looking like ovaries and testicles either. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of foods, as we've um, spoken about in the past episodes, that actually take on the shape of the organ that they're benefiting. It's really fascinating. And um, when you think about it, like how smart were some of these people in, in past centuries? Like yeah. when you look at Hippocrates when he said, let food be thy medicine. You know, it stood the test of time. Sure. You know, so um, it's just fascinating that they knew all the way back in ancient BC that, you know, food played such a critical role yep. in our health and well-being. Yep. So um, the next food on my list um, is pomegranate. Okay. Yeah. Now, pomegranate's got a lot of health benefits that a lot of people, you know, aren't aware of. And it's one of them, I would argue, one of them foods that fly under the radar when yeah. it comes to the benefits that it possesses. Also good in a salad, throwing those seeds in. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, absolutely beautiful. Now, a lot of people- This is you, a good recipe you actually accidentally doing. <laughs> pomegranate. Pomegranate. So um, a recent study published in the International Journal of Impotence Research. Yes, that's a real yep. journal. <laughs> what a great name. Um, and was performed at the Mayo Clinic in Beverly Hills. Yeah. That's also a real clinic. Yeah. Um, found that pomegranate had a positive effect on erectile dysfunction and male sexuality. Um, it's once again called a Viagra food, um, and it, it's been linked to having benefits as a result of the antioxidants in the pomegranates that support blood flow. Once again, the importance of blood flow, we keep going on about it. Um, now, a lot of people might lean towards pomegranate juice. I wouldn't, personally, because we know that juices aren't great for you. Yeah, you want the whole fruit. But, yeah, you know, but if you're going on a romp and you've got an important date, um, maybe, you know, <laughs> grabbing uh, a, a bottle full of um, pomegranate juice as a one-off isn't going to be too bad. Okay. So there you go. And then the last superfood for me, uh, sexual superfood, is spinach. Okay. Um, and when you come to think of it, um, Popeye and Olive Oil, they used to chase each other around a fair bit. They did. In the cartoons. They did. <laughs> so maybe that was why, because the spinach. So um, it, it basically, once again, it's a common theme here, isn't it? It produces more blood flow to the areas below the belt. So it's rich in magnesium, which is really important. That's a mineral that decreases inflammation in mm-hmm. blood vessels particularly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which increases blood flow. So if it, it's, it's all following a theme here, isn't it? It's about, you know, making sure we've got good blood flow, reducing inflammation, um, and that then ties back into, you know, think foods that aren't going to help you, you know, foods that cause inflammation, foods that obviously cause blood sugar spikes, um, and foods that restrict blood flow. So, um, you know, Increased blood flow is the key, and that's what Viagra largely does. And it, it makes sex more pleasurable. I know we're speaking about men a lot, you know, with some of these foods, but 
for women as well. The main reason that women want to have sex is because we have sex because it's pleasurable. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Apart from being able to survive and pass on our DNA. Yeah. Um, you know, women found it much easier in surveys um, after they had spinach uh, to reach an orgasm. So, and yeah, men were found to reach an erection much more easily with the help of spinach. Okay, so you still haven't answered, though, my original <laughs> uh, question, and I think maybe you're going to debunk a few of these things. There are some truisms in inverted commas that everyone's always spoken about as an aphrodisiac. Oysters, I mentioned it earlier, and you said you'd come to it later. Um, is there a chance that is actually a help or not? It's a truism, which isn't true, unfortunately. Oh, so right. um, I was disappointed because, I, you know, I, I fought over all these years that, um, you know, that that was something that was, was um, fact. We know that oysters are high in zinc. So that, that, that's obviously, you know, an important mineral as a building block to sexual function uh, for men in particular. Um, but researchers found, you know, that when they gave people oysters, um, they had no increase in sexy time. So you might have maybe save your money because they're not, a, they're not a cheap thing. Yeah, um, no, not maybe there's just a placebo effect and let's not discount that we know from, you know, our, our podcast here, the importance of the placebo effect. Um, maybe because, you know, you go out and you spend 50 bucks on a dozen oysters, yeah. you feel like you're owed something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then you think I better get something from these 50 buck oysters <laughs> that are slimy and don't particularly yeah. taste that good anyway. You both look at each other and go, well, we spent all that money. And maybe we may as well go and do it. So there may be a placebo effect. However, Ever, yeah. from a physiological standpoint, there is no benefit to consuming oysters, and I was very disappointed to f- find that out. Interesting. Anything else that you debunked from your research, or is that the main one? Uh, no, alcohol, which was really, really interesting. Yeah, so um, alcohol was really interesting is that, um, yes, it will give you a short burst of courage, but it decreases blood flow, and that, that's the interesting thing. You know, that, that's why. So while it lowers your inhibition levels... It really reduces uh, blood flow, but also for men in particular, it reduces um, hormones, uh, sexual hormones, particularly testosterone. So, um, you know, they call it the brewer's droop. So uh, you might want to avoid the brewer's droop by um, having too many brews. (laughs) Good to know. Adam, also you mentioned before about you would touch on cornflakes and how that actually was created for a strange reason. What was that? I've been waiting for you to tell me this the whole time. Yeah, look, it's one of them things that is, you know, gone viral on the internet. So you're always got to take everything with a grain of salt. And I don't want to get sued. So please don't sue me, Mr. John Kellogg's. I know mm-hmm. you're not alive anymore. But um, the story goes that obviously he was a seven-day Adventist who believed that bland, high-carbohydrate foods would reduce libido. So therefore, that's why he created cornflakes because they considered uh, masturbation a sin. Okay. So he really wanted to, you know, stop men from having the desire to, to masturbate and have sex. Um, so he realised... Um, through his exposure that, um, you know, when people were fed these high sugary based foods that for whatever reason, their sex drive dropped, which mm. we learned before, um, you know, hormones are affected hugely by food and usually where you don't expect it to be affected, mm-hmm. you know, subliminally or, or at a subconscious level, mm-hmm. food has a hormonal effect and an effect on your body and it causes a feeling and that feeling then relates to your thoughts as well. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden you start to feel like you've had a drop in blood sugar, you get fatigue, get a bit brain foggy. Well, the last thing you're going to think about is wanting to have sex. Mm. So he's onto something there in that sense. Absolutely. So, you know, you're riding that sugar roller coaster that we talk about. So he was smart enough to realize you're going to get this big sugar surge, big drop. You're going to get this feeling of feeling tired and foggy. Um, so what happens? You're not going to think about sex. Mm-hmm. So he developed supposedly Kellogg's cornflakes to actually take the lead out of your pencil, which I found fascinating, but just supports the fact, once again, that foods, you know, that are high fatty foods, fried foods, foods that are high in sugar, you know, alcohol in general, you know, are the foods that are really going to, you know, take the lead out of your pencil. 
Wow. Adam, you know what? I'm never going to look at a salad ever again <laughs> the same way. It's funny. We can do all these podcasts about going heart health, gut health. But I tell you what, everyone now is going to go, I'm absolutely getting pistachios on top of that. <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. But before we leave, we've been doing some mind pumps on the episode. We're getting a lot of great feedback. So, Adam, have you got another one for us to enlighten us and empower us, not just for our body but for our mind as we wrap up? Yeah, well, hopefully we have given some people some great clues on how to pump up uh, below the belt. Now it's obviously focusing on the most important muscle, I believe, in our uh, in our bodies, which is our brains. Yes. You know, I always say that uh, you can't make a change in life unless you change what's in between your ears and your beliefs and yeah. your and your your psychology. Um, change always starts um, with a mindset. So the great quote from Charles R. Swindoll um, says that life is ten percent what happens to you and ninety percent of how you react to it. He emphasised the importance of our attitudes in life. So each morning when we wake up, we have a choice. That's the key to happiness. We all have a choice when we wake up first thing in the morning. For me, I can wake up in the morning and go, well, you know what? It's a crappy day because I've got a sore knee from football. I've got no hair. Mm. <laughs> you know, or I could go, guess what? I don't have to get up and comb my hair this morning. How yeah. good is that? Yeah, true. Right. I've saved myself some time, you know, and, um, you know, it's really focusing on what you have rather than what you don't have. Yep. Um, so that, that's that, that's the thing I love about this quote is that our attitudes are the most important thing when it comes to our altitude in life. Yeah. You know, if you want to get, you know, a much higher and, and a much more um, happier life, um, don't think about living in the past. You know, I, I use this analogy sometimes and, you know, I love using examples. But, you know, when you get in your car first thing in the morning, Take a look next time and look at the rear vision mirror and see the size of that mm. compared to the windscreen. Mm. The rear vision mirror is that size for a reason because that's how often you should be looking back. Yep. So much smaller than the windscreen. You want to be looking forward in life. Yeah. Don't be looking back. Look forward. Yep. You know, that's the key to success in life isn't looking back and going, it could have been, should have been, you know, would have been if I did this, if I did yeah. that. It's gone. Yep. So, you know. It's about learning from those things learning, and looking forward. Moving forward. So realise that our attitudes help shape our feelings, which shape our beliefs, and they therefore shape our behaviours. So, you know, it's really, really important that that's something we can control. And, um, you know, blaming other people for our circumstances isn't going to get you what you want. You know, it's good to feel good about blaming someone else for where you are in life, mm. but it disempowers you. You want to take control and you want to own your own life and you want to empower yourself by taking responsibility for your circumstances because then you can change it. If you empower other people to say that they, they're beholden to your happiness or your success or where you are in life because of what they do to you, you're powerless. Mm. So empower yourself by choosing the right attitude and realising that, yes, shit's going to happen, you know, but the reality is, is I can control how I react to that and that's why I love this quote so much. To say the quote again before we leave? The quote is, life is just 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Adam, what another great episode of The Health Hacker. If you have any questions for Adam that you'd like him to hack into, email him directly, healthhacker at themanshake.com.au. Jump onto The Manshake socials and DM him, or you can just jump onto the website, themanshake.com.au. Adam's always sending out prize packs for those questions who make it to the show. Adam, we'll speak to you on the next one, and happy sex life. You too, mate. <laughs> The Health Hacker, written and presented by Adam McDougall. Produced and presented by Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.